we thank you for what you're going to do in this service tonight. Let's stand and worship God. Oh uh-huh. 
Well, four of you is free. Four of you. Is there anybody that's free tonight? Come on. Has Jesus set anybody free tonight? Has he come down in your brokenness? Has he come down in your darkness and set you free? This next song that we sing, it said, Good, good Father. Every time I would fall, Christ, God, would speak to me. The Father would speak to me. He would say, Tyler, you're still my son. You are still my son and I still love you. And his goodness would become so real to me. And so as we sing this song, just just in the in the moment of our busy lives, just 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 let him fill you with his goodness. Let his goodness just wash you and just feel his love. Amen.
tonight we don't have to worry about what lies in our past because we're free from that we're children of God of the living God and we don't have to worry about what held us back in our past we don't have to be tormented by fear or what the devil tries to tell you that you're not good enough or your past is a stronghold on you it's not it's not God has set us free tonight do you believe that do you believe that the living God the creator of our lives is here tonight to set you free. Hallelujah, God, you're so worthy. We worship you, Jesus. And you unravel me with a melody. And you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies. Oh, until all my fears have gone And I'm no longer a slave to fear For I am a child of God 
got that testimony in your life tonight you're no longer a slave to the addictions and to the flesh and the things of this world the things that hold you down and hold you back but you belong to a God who has set you free tonight this is not about man this is not about living in a religion this is about living in a relationship with Jesus that changes you from inside out amen won't you go ahead and give the Lord great praise tonight and don't do it halfway Let's give him all we got. This is a young adult service. Surely you got more in you than that. Amen. If you'd all stand with me, I would like to ask you to do something real quick. I'd like you to, if you would, just turn around. Find about three to five people. Shake their hand. If you don't know their name, look at their name tag. Say hi, Dave. Have somebody there. Just say hi to them. now if you would let's have a word of prayer I would like us to pray tonight for the people of Nepal how many of you are very aware of the current event and news that's going on on the other side of the earth if we're a real church I think we ought to care about that and then we ought to say prayers and we ought to hold them up as good as we can we also want to involve ourselves in any way that we can to help being so far away, you can't necessarily get in a car and go over there. But you can pray for them and you can send help. So I challenge you to find a place that you trust and you know is helping the people of Nepal and involve yourself. Amen? Amen. We're to make a difference. We're to be salt and light wherever we go. And this is one of the ways we can make a difference in our community. Let's pray for them right now. Father, as we come before you, Lord, we just pray for every hurting, grieving family that you will touch them and minister to their need tonight. Lord, from way across the sea, there is no time or distance for you. You're able to go right to where they are. So I pray, God, for mothers that are grieving tonight, for brothers and sisters, Lord, that are alone. I pray, God, that you will touch the families that have lost loved ones, the count being well over 2,000 at this hour. And Lord, many more thousands that have been injured, homes that have been lost, lives that have been changed forever in a moment. We pray for them. We pray for the comfort and the strength of Almighty God, that you will reveal your love to them and that Lord, you will send help and rescue to them. We pray to be a part of that. We pray, God, that through our prayers and our faith that we'll make a difference, but as well, Lord, we'll involve ourselves in any way we can to be an assist and a help to the precious people of Nepal. We ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, as we get ready to worship you with another song and we bring our gifts to you, Lord, for those who've come prepared and ready, we just ask that you will bless and touch every gift and every giver. 
and that your work and will will be accomplished through it for the furtherment of this ministry and the ministry to the kingdom in this community. We thank you for our guests that are here. We just ask that you will touch and minister to them tonight. Speak into their lives and may they leave here, God, just feeling like they are on top of the world. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone agreed with me and said amen. Amen. Would you just make yourself comfortable to get out where you are? If you've brought a gift tonight, come on down and, and make that gift to the Lord in this altar. The offering plates are before you. You don't have to give, but if you are here tonight and you're prepared to do that, then God bless you. see you the lights the lights are so bright coming at me right here I have no idea who's here if you're here would you just call out your first name so I'll know that you're here tonight one two three got it <laughs> got it well like I said we're we're delighted that that all of our guests are here and all of you thank you for coming and making our second mix night so what do you think about the mix so far yeah. Well, we feel that, that God has given us a wonderful gift to bring and ministry to bring to our young adults here in our church. So normally, you know, we do it a little different on Sunday morning, but this Sunday night mix service is designed specifically for young adults in our church. We care about them, where they are in their lives. And so you that are here tonight, thank you for coming to the meal. Thank you for being back there, and, and we took lots of pictures, and we had lots of food. And one more time, let's give it up for Esperanza, who helped us and served our meal tonight. Amen. But I'm excited about our guests. As you know, last month, we talked about Masterpiece, our very first mixed service. We talked about the fact that, that God has made all of us, designed all of us to be a masterpiece, to literally be his rendering. He says in Psalm 139, I know everything about you. I knit you together in your mother's womb. And we know that God has the greatest plan in the world for each person that's born. Someone made a comment to me one time and they said, they said, you know what, pastor, I, I was an accident. My parents weren't counting on me. And I looked right at him and I said, listen, let me get something real straight with you. I said, you may have been a surprise to mom and daddy, but you were not a surprise to God. He knew you. He knew you. So we know God has made all of us to be part of his plan, to be part of the mission and the ministry that he has in this, king, in this world for his kingdom. Tonight, we thought, you know, what could we do as we began to search out? You know, what, what could, where could we go from masterpiece forward? And, and it just kind of came to us. You know, I am one of those guys. I mean, I have been an absolute basket case for the last couple of months. I, anybody who knows me or follows my Instagram knows I have been following the Franklin Wildcat basketball team. Amen. Come on. That's all right. I've been following them like 
you know, a stalker. <laughs> and I, I love the games and, and I've been there and I've watched them go through a tremendous season. And what's really awesome and cool is that, you know, I, I got to talk to Brian and Jamie like every Sunday and get to share with them and talk with them and congratulate them and tell them how awesome that, that game was or that night was or that tournament was. And sometimes I just had to watch them on TV from the Carolinas you know, at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And they just, they've done a, a tremendous job. And we thought, what better could we do than to go from masterpiece to championship? To take what God has given to you, what God has given you in a design over your life and a purpose, and then our job to turn that into excellence and to make a championship out of what God has given you. So tonight our theme is champion. And we, of course, thought there would be no greater guests for us tonight than coach Brian Bales and his beautiful wife, Jamie. We love them with all of our hearts and they're coming now to be our special guest tonight. Amen. Are you proud of Brian and Jamie and the Franklin Wildcats? Amen. I suddenly feel like, uh, what's that, Jimmy Kimmel? <laughs> now, we've got to... I may have broke the couch. <laughs> Leave it to me. Well, first of all, we know that your, your dad is here, right? And your mom is here, Brian. I know your parents live in Oklahoma, so they're, they're not here tonight. But I, I want Brian's mom and dad, if they would, would they stand so we can all see you tonight? They're our special guests as well. We appreciate them being here tonight. Amen. Cool. Awesome. Got Tinsley sound asleep. Very good. Well, welcome. Welcome tonight to the mix. Our second night. We're so happy that you are you're going to go down in history as mix number two. And, uh, you know, and for all of you hashtagging. And remember, we like social media. We want you to get on and, and do the hashtag StratMix, whether it's Twitter or our Instagram or, or Facebook. We want you to make sure everybody in the community knows, man, this is a great thing, and they need to come and be a part. So we encourage you to hashtag StratMix tonight. Take lots of photos. Just get my good side. What, you're laughing because there is no good side. Is that right? Anyway, I wanted to, what I wanted to do tonight, and we've asked, Brian's going to be speaking for us in just a moment. And uh, I, I, I wanted to hear from you. It was more as much for me as it was for anyone else. Because you have had such a wonderful, amazing couple of years, four years actually. But this year, oh my goodness, I mean, it's nothing to turn on SBN, ESPN and hear them talking about you and Franklin and, and Luke Kennard and the players on the team, the other guys. It's amazing. It's been a wonderful year. It, tell me, looking back right now, Jamie, how does that feel? I mean, let's go to you first. Um, it's amazing. It's surreal. It definitely is surreal. It's, um, I, I, I often um, think, wow, I can't. Well, let me, let me back this up and say this um, right off the bat. When we moved to Franklin, Brian was in Miamisburg. And I was teaching in Miamisburg, and we were looking to buy a house in Miamisburg. And I had um, 
I was pregnant with Annie and we had just had Annie and there were issues with Annie that were going on and some things transpired with Brian and his job there in Miamisburg and he got a phone call about going to Franklin. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I was very hesitant just because everybody knows him in Franklin because that's where he grew up and I wanted us to be able to form something that was ours, that was for our family. And I didn't want it to be, I didn't want to just be known as Brian's wife. Now I'm super proud to be Brian's wife. <laughs> but, but, you know, I just want, I wanted to be able to have our own, our own little identity thing. And, and when he got the call to go back to Franklin, um, I was very hesitant. But he really went to the Lord in prayer and prayed about it. And he came to me and he's like, I really, Jamie, I really feel like this is where the Lord wants us to go wants us to be and and so so through that I think I think um, I had through the season and through the years what or through the years that we've been there I think for me it's just really been about thank you Lord you knew better than I did and thank you for blessing me but also thank you for giving me a man that would when I'm standing against what he's saying that he was consistently faithful to do what the Lord wanted to do, and I'm already crying. What's my problem? (laughs) That's awesome. Brian, looking back over this year, number one, I mean, you know, really, I should probably ask Jamie this, because I know you will not do this, but tell me about his awards, some of the awards that he's received this year. I mean, it's amazing. I know the list is too long, but to cover them all, but I'm amazed. Isn't it been six? uh, Is there six? Six Coach of the Year awards. Six Coach of the Year awards. Now, of course, I think I said this on social media, on Instagram, but, you know, he will always put that praise back on his players and his coaches um, because you're really only as great as the people that you surround yourself with. So, um, but I'm pretty proud. And I told my brother this the other day. I was on the phone to him. Um, you know, those Coaches of the Year awards, they're for our family, too. Like, I, I feel like that he won that award. I may not be the coach, but that award is our award. Yeah, so, absolutely. So I don't know the specifics. You know, what I always it. love is every time I go to a game, whether it was at UD Arena or at Franklin High School or over here at Edgewood High School or wherever it was, I'd walk in and I'd see Jamie with her stroller and her diaper bags and the kids in tow, and she's right there being one of the greatest supporters for Franklin that could possibly be. That is an amazing thing, and I think that's awesome. I don't know, do you want to say all the ones, or is that good enough, six? We got six. Well, I know with 28 wins for the season. 26. 26 wins for the season, two losses. And then, and those were just big ones. I mean, one was in South Carolina, you came in second place in the nation out of those, that tournament. And then, of course, you went up against the state and uh, came back. But, boy, you sure came back winners to us. And we congratulate you. We're proud of you. We love you so much. Brian, looking back over this year, what, could, what would you dare to pick out as a highlight for you or a memory you'll never forget? Well, several memories um, over the season, sorry. Um, but, you know, the locker rooms before the games, after the games with our guys, the special moments that, you know, nobody else gets to see. Um, I was blessed beyond measure with a great group of guys 
And, uh, you know, they, we had fun, too. I think any time you do something, you've got to have fun with it. And I can remember traveling across the country and uh, playing in these showcase tournaments. And, you know, our guys were fun. They would, um, they would get out ahead of us in an airport. And, and this one time, I think we were in Charlotte, um, they got way ahead of us and all of a sudden started running back towards Jamie. And it was a crowded, crowded airport. And they got around her and they started taking pictures. And, you know, will you take a selfie with me? And they were saying, there she is, there she is. You know, Southern Living, Mom of the Year, there she is. <laughs> And other people would start gathering around and wanting like, Jamie's autograph and pictures. And so, um, you know, it was just a crazy group of guys that, that knew how to have fun. You want to get a selfie with her? I'm going to get a selfie right now <laughs> with both of you. Let's do this. Smile. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> O'Brien. Of course, we know that there's been so much excitement and so much just... How many of you out here tonight have come here tonight because you are a Franklin Wildcat fan? Let me see. Why don't you stand real quick? We want to see the folks that have come out here. Lots of you coming in the doors. We love you. Thank you for coming and being here. All right. Awesome. Just made such an impact, and you've, you've touched everyone's lives. I mean, I'm interested. I want to know how you took a group of guys like that and turned them into champions. That's what this, this, what this whole theme tonight is about, because you've done that. You know, I know you, you, you bring the help of God, and, and you, you are a Christian gentleman in every way, and I know all those elements came together. But, man, what would you say is, like, the greatest lesson that you've learned that you could share with us about making champions? Well, I think surrounding yourself with great people. I've been blessed to, to get the right people in our system and our program and, and have a culture um, that these guys can succeed in. But as far as the greatest lesson in, in my life, maybe, um, you know, I've learned along the way that I try to plan my life. I try to plan my next move. And, but the bottom line is that the Lord has always, you know, ordered my steps. Amen. And uh, Amen. I've had so many doors closed on me before wanting head coaching jobs when I was younger and not understanding why I didn't get the job and being devastated at times. Uh, at Miamisburg, you know, I was there and kind of a door was shut in the educational field. They said you could still coach here, but your, your educational job may, may not be there anymore. And then, and then a door opened at Franklin. And, uh, you know, I've just learned to trust in the Lord, and I know that he opens doors, and, and uh, there, there's, there's no need to really worry. And uh, he's always taken care of me and, and uh, put me in the right place. So I, I've learned that along the way. Amen. Awesome. Jamie, now you being the, the wife, the mom, the supporter, the uh, teacher as well, I mean, you have a job and you've worked for many years. How have you kept the family balanced or during such a crazy kind of year where you had to just drop and go? I mean, um, basically, the, it always comes back to staying focused on what our goal is. And our goal has always been letting our lives be proof of Jesus' love. Hmm. And, that's, and that sounds like, oh, that's such a great, oh, that's a political answer. But it's, it's the truth. Um, we, you know, as far as the family goes, my kids hear me praying over them. They hear me quoting scriptures to keep myself calm. You know, they hear all of those, those things. Um, and I just make sure that we bring it all into perspective. It's very easy doing what we do because I feel like doing this is our ministry. 
Um, it's, it's, it's where the Lord has called us to be. And I just feel like, though bringing into perspective, it's not about basketball. It's about his love through us. And, um, you know, Isaiah, we were talking about these questions, actually. We involve them in every part of this. They, they go, they know it's important. They go with us. We load them up and we go to things for Brian. But then in the same time, we load them up to go, you know, to their siblings' activities. Everybody goes. Everything, it's about our family. Um, it's about our family. And uh, when they asked us, they wanted a picture of the two of us for this this thing and I went back and I was like oh my goodness we don't have any pictures just of the two of us we have a gazillion and one about of our family and I think that that's basically that's really even what we do as far as the basketball goes is it's about you know family um the other thing is Isaiah when we were Isaiah was uh we were sharing these questions with Isaiah he said, well, you need to say something about the fact that we're, we make sure that we are at church, even if we come in our muddy clothes, you know, and so things like that. And then he also, Isaiah also pointed out, you know, every night we actually, we've always prayed together. I started that with them and I pray and I'd always sing over the kid with the kids. Um, but we really do, we use those, the orange parent cue cards that we get. And so that's what has become my focus for the month. So this month, it's about peace. So we're really trying to create peace between Isaiah and Annie. So <laughs> Sibling peace. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, is too, Brian wanted me to, he was talking about how I keep him, you know, balanced and things kind of together with him. And it, like I said, it's really easy for it to consume you. And so a lot of times what I, uh, I do is I um, rein him in. <laughs> I just mean basically the players probably hear me in the back when I feel like that he, even during the game, when he's getting to be, um, when he's hard on them, I want him to be hard on them. But at the same time, I don't want him to be too hard because I love those boys. (laughs) And so, you know, you can hear me clapping and telling him next play. And he knows that I'm doing it. And I also usually probably say, we don't, we don't talk about it that after he's had that night to talk about it. We move on. That's the next play. So, I'm sorry. I'm she said something interesting, Brian, that, that I think our people would love to hear tonight in the few minutes that we have left. I want to get rolling to your word tonight. But let me ask you, she said something about this is our ministry. You know, a lot of folks a lot of times think you, in order for to be called into the ministry, you've got to do some kind of pulpit or you've got to do music or, you know, you've got only those things. Those things are pretty important. As a matter of fact, you know, I count on it. <laughs> but let me ask you something. I love that concept and that the ideology that God would call you into coaching and call you into pouring yourself and in, in what you call the love of God and that work in your life, pouring that into others as a ministry. Tell me how you feel about that. Well, I, I think a lot of ministries go on outside the church. Amen. And, um, you know, whether you're a teacher in a school building or in a factory or wherever you are, um, you know, we got to go outside the church and minister to people. We can't just do it in the church. And for me, sports uh, was a big part of my life. And without sports, you know, I'm not sure if I would have found Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I know growing up, I, I, I wasn't necessarily raised going to church every Sunday, but 
when there was an open gym going on, I went to church. Yeah. And uh, so um, sports and, and that played a big part, but I definitely think our ministries are outside the church. Yeah, I think that's, an, that's wonderful for people to know. Amen. Amen. It's wonderful for people to know that they can be in ministries that, that touch people wherever they are. And that God literally calls people into the different fields. I know there are doctors and nurses and lawyers and, and school teachers. And all of these people are called to minister where they are. And, and coaches, man, I know, the, I know this year, you know, you talk about how sports was so important to you. I texted you one night and I told you, you've turned me into a monster here. Because I am like, I'm screaming at the Duke game. You know, I'm, I'm literally, I'm in my living room. I'm t- I've turned into one of those guys, you know. I love basketball, and I really I appreciate what I see on the court. I appreciate what you've done in the lives of the young men, and I've had the privilege and the opportunity to be able to get to know a lot of those guys. And what I find is amazing is I find Brian's influence in their speak, when they speak, when they speak to me. Whenever they're talking or they're sharing about something, their kindness, their goodness, they pay attention to others and the humbleness of their heart. I see you in all of them. And I think that that is amazing and how God has anointed you to do that. That's really cool. Jamie, I'm going to ask one more question here. Uh, then I'm going to add, add one more question for Brian. But if you could say what would be the thing that, caught, that you as a mom and a wife, what would be the thing that keeps your family balanced spiritually through all of this? Because you've not just done the ministry. You've not just done coaching at Franklin. But you've been placed on. I mean, you've been placed in the limelight, and you're out there in front of TV and, and all kinds of people. How are you grounding your family spiritually? I just, I just think it's keeping perspective, you know, keeping perspective, keeping us balanced on what is the actual goal. You know, I think it just goes back to that. You know, it's, it's hectic. My house is a wreck um, half the time, but, you know, I... I just rely on others, and I just try to make sure that I keep, we keep things in perspective. Okay, last question, and then we're going to get into our introduction for, for Brian's word tonight. Brian, I'm interested. I always ask this question. What are you reading right now? Um, I got two books. I'm probably ADD when it comes to reading books. Um, I kind of go back and forth, but uh, one of my favorite books, I reread it all the time. It's called The Energy Bus by John Gordon, talking about being an energy giver or an energy taker. Hmm. And uh, then the other one I, I'm reading because of the one you mentioned in church is All In. Hmm. And uh, it's really got a neat perspective that I'm trying to use in, in my life. Excellent. All right. Well, with that said, Brian is going to take us tonight into the Word of God and into his experience. And he's going to share with us on champion, being a champion, taking what God has gifted you with and given to you and turning that into something that honors him and glorifies him with his life. So I want him to share. Would you make him welcome as he comes to bring the word to us? Sorry for the front row people. I just threw water at you. I want to thank Pastor Ray for having me. Um, I'm going to respect your time. And uh, just be very brief with you, but I, I have some things I'd like to share with you. Uh, first of all, I'm so humbled to be here today, you know, to think I'm a, I'm a guy from Franklin that as an elementary school student had a, 
uh, speech impediment, um, who had to go to speech therapy all through elementary school because I, I couldn't say my R's, I couldn't say my THs, and, and uh, to think that the Lord would choose me to, to lead a basketball team and a month ago to coach in front of 12,000 people at UD Arena and tonight to get up here and speak in front of you is mind-blowing to me. Um, but I, I know this, God doesn't call the equipped, but he equips the called. And um, so I, I honor him tonight speaking. Um, you know, this is my first time really speaking at a church, so bear with me. If I get in a defensive stance or holler at you to get back on defense, I probably just lost it for a second. Um, my first thing I want to do is kind of go back to my basketball camp days. Um, and instead of saying yes or no or raising your hands, I'm going to ask a question. And if the answer is yes for you, I just want you to give me three claps, okay? Are you at Stratford Heights tonight? That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, were you born in the 2000s? When you speak, number one rule of public speaking is you've got to relate to the people you're talking to. Were you born in the 1990s? Were you born in the 1980s? Were you like me and born in the 1970s? And I've seen the crowd. There's nobody over 45 years old, so we won't go any, any further. Right? See, right off the bat, I just got about 30 new friends up here. If you have an iPhone, three claps. If you have an Android, three claps. If you have a flip flown, three claps. That's to my dad who texted me not too long ago. I don't mean to embarrass him, but asked me about going to lunch and talking about where we're going to go. And he was just new to the texting game. And I texted him back, K. Bam, I got a phone call. What? Did you text me, K? I think he meant, I think he got confused for a second thinking I wanted to eat at Circle K. And I had to explain to him that K meant okay. Um, so he's come a long way with his texting. <laughs> a few nuggets to get us started here. I always like when I gather my team, I always like to start with a quote or a verse. And I heard some things a couple weeks ago that I want to share with you. Number one, I am a masterpiece because I am a piece of the master. I'm a masterpiece because I'm a piece of the master. Number two, follow your heart. Even though it's on the left, it's usually right. Okay? Follow your heart. Even though it's on the left, it's usually right. And I heard it at that time I really needed it. And then to all of you that have kids, a lot of you in here have kids, I was thinking about this the other day. Jamie and I have been blessed with a, th a third child. Isn't it crazy when you have your first child? Man, they would come to my house. People would come to visit. <laughs> we would make them put a mask on. They would wash their hands once and then come up and use this other formula stuff Jamie had to wash them again. And then if you were lucky, you could get close to the baby and then maybe hold the baby. And then child two comes along. And you go away from driving at 9 o'clock and 3 o'clock. I remember coming home with that first baby. I mean, I was in the right-hand lane going 25 miles per hour with both hands on the wheel. But that second baby comes along, and you go to one hand on the wheel. And 
you start letting people come to your house and maybe they only have to wash their hands once to hold your second baby. Man, that third baby comes along. Isn't that crazy? You know, you go to the mechanic to get your car fixed. You got your baby with you. You open up the hood of your car. The mechanic says, what's wrong? And you hand your baby off to the mechanic. As you show the mechanic what's wrong with your car. So it's amazing how that changes along the way. If we were playing tonight, I would give my team four keys on what we got to do to beat the team we're playing. You know, if it's a team that likes to play slow, one of our keys would be we got to speed them up. If it's a team that rebounds the ball really well, one of our keys would be that we got to box out and rebound. So I got four keys with you, for you, I'm sorry. I'll be very brief with them, but I think they're important of being a champion in life and being a champion for Jesus Christ. First one, you must understand how much Jesus loves you. Romans 5.8, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, it blows my mind how much God loves us. You know, he reached down and grabbed me. You know, he saved someone like me who had a lot of things he did in his life. I got a lot of skeletons in my closet. I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. But Jesus loved me enough to save me. When I was a senior in high school, I had a football coach catch me in the hallway one day. I'm sorry, I'm pacing. He said, I'm sorry to hear about your dad. Now, I don't know about many of you, but growing up, my parents, they were my everything. My mom, still to this day, is someone I call when I got issues or things I need to talk about. My dad's my hero, still to this day. They're both here. He spent hours upon hours with me in the driveway, rebounding basketballs, hitting ground balls at me. Worked all day like a lot of you. When he got home, it wasn't time to rest. He played with my sister and I until we went to sleep. My dad was my hero. Football coach got me in the hallway when I was a senior. 1995, I just signed a scholarship to play basketball at Lee University. He said, Brian, I'm sorry to hear about your dad. So what are you talking about? He said, man, I'm sorry to hear about your dad. I think at that time he knew that I didn't know. He said, I'm sorry to hear about your dad and the fact he's got cancer. Well, of course, I run home. I, back then, we didn't have cell phones. Or I had to text my parents, like, why didn't you tell me? But there was a payphone. It cost 25 cents. My son does not know what a payphone is, by the way. I went home, and my parents sat me down and explained to me my dad had cancer. Now, here's my hero. And I was devastated. I didn't know, what it, you know how bad it was or, you know, cancer's never good. So I decided that I was going to go to every appointment with my dad that he had. I was going to shave my head. Whatever I needed to do to support my dad. Now it was my time to be there for my dad. And I'll never forget going to his first appointment with him when he got chemotherapy. We go in, and he says, Brian, can you run out to my car? Go out there and get a file folder so when I get my chemo treatment, radiation, I can do business as I'm sitting here. I go out, get the file folder, and I come back in. I'll never forget what I heard my dad ask that guy giving him his treatment. I walked in on a conversation. He says, how long do I have? How bad is it? What stage is it in? He goes, man, can you promise me four years? 
My son just signed a scholarship to play basketball. We put a lot of time in it. I want to see him finish his career. I want to walk my daughter down the aisle when she gets married. Boy, that hit me. I knew my dad loved me. But when you're faced with cancer, and that's the two questions you have for the doc, wow. And now that I have my own kids, I know what it's like to love my kids. As the old saying, you take a bullet for them, I take a bullet for my kids. But what blew me away was my second year in college when I found out that as much as my earthly father loved me, that Jesus Christ loved me way more. And I couldn't fathom that when I thought back to what my dad said in that doctor's office that day, that God loved me so much that he knew every hair on my head, which these days is, is getting less and less and more gray. The first thing to be a champion in life is we gotta know and understand how much Jesus loves us. Number two, I think we gotta try to imitate Jesus with our life. Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Take up our cross and follow Jesus, deny ourselves. Now, when I was a kid, I loved to imitate people. Some of you will remember these names. The one guy that clapped for the 2000 era, he probably won't remember this. I was in a driveway playing basketball. I wore the baggy shorts. I knocked my socks down. I wore Nikes. Every time I went up for a layup, I, st I, st I stuck my tongue out. Every number I ever wore in basketball, number 23. You guys know where I'm going with this. I imitated Michael Air Jordan. I couldn't imitate it very well because I couldn't jump very well. But on my Nerf hoop, I could jam it in the house. Every time I played baseball, I'd get up to bat. I'd knock the dirt off my feet. I'd tip my helmet. I had on number 14, and I didn't care if I was going to be safe by, a, I mean, just a mile. At every single base, I slid head first. And I made sure when I slid that my helmet flew off. And when I was on third base, seven years old, I ran home, and there was this poor little seven-year-old kid standing on the plate, and I absolutely ran him over. And I'll never forget my dad run down third baseline, Brian, Brian, what are you doing? I said, hey, Pete Rose did it, so I'm going to do it. Jamie and I to this day imitate people. You know, we got a couple in our church. They're cool, man. You probably know who I'm talking about. They got swag. The guy's got his hair. It looks good every day. And he just, he's just, he just, he has it. He's got the it factor. When I talk to him, I'm like, man, this guy's got it together. I got to get around this guy more. And his wife always smiling, pretty, leads the, 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 the youth, Marty and Angie. My wife and I try to imitate them all the time when we're at home. And the last guy, and this is embarrassing, but I'll tell you, I'd do it. And some high school kids caught me the other day at a red light. Gary Turner. The guy can flat out sing. Okay, I love it. He gets that guitar up here. And he sings. He's got that rough voice. At the, at the, you know, I don't know music, but he just, he can sing. And you guys, I sit over here, and I don't sing much. I'm embarrassed. I, I just, I can't sing. 
But I tell you, when I'm in my car by myself, I'm getting after it. And I was getting after it the other day to a song. I'm like, I'm Gary Turner, you know? And I'm at a red light, and I'm singing, getting after it. I look over, and some high school kids are over there from Franklin. And I know they had to be like, Coach Bells has done lost his mind. But you know, talking about imitating Jesus, that would be intimidating. I can't walk on water. I can't heal the deaf or heal the blind. But I tell you what I can do is I can serve people. I can show them God's love. I can put others before myself. And that's what we try to do in our basketball program. There's a saying in our basketball program, we, not me. No one guy's bigger than the team. And so I think number two to be a champion in life is we got to try to imitate Jesus, take up our cross and deny ourselves. Key number three, I think we got to play in the present. We always say in our basketball program, next play. We made up something four years ago, WTNO. It stands for win the next one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I've made many mistakes in my life, but I'm here to tell you that they do not define your life in Christ. I've got skeletons in my closet like anybody else. What I've learned to do is I've learned to always look at the next play. You know, I've messed up. I'm not perfect. I ask for forgiveness. I forgive myself, and I try to move on to the next play. It's why I wear this watch. I was in the mall the other day, and somebody, I guess, noticed I had a watch. I said, what time is it? I was half embarrassed because I wear a broken watch. It doesn't work. It stays on 413, which is my favorite verse. Philippians 4.13. So it stays on 4.13, and the reason I wear a broken watch is because when I look at my watch, I want to know to stay in the present time. So I wear a broken watch. So don't ask me what time it is ever, okay? We've got to have a next play mentality. And my last key to being a champion in life is I think we have to be all in. We can't be halfway in. We've got to be all in, and I've been guilty I've had Jesus with me. Sometimes, though, I kind of put him in the passenger seat. Or I put him behind me. But I've learned that it just doesn't work like that. We've got to be all in. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We've got to be all in with Jesus. I'm reading a book right now. It's outstanding. Called All In. I love cards. I don't know how many card players we have out here. I love cards. I, I, I love um, euchre. My dad and I can't be beat. I like to win. I like spades. I like hearts. I like goldfish. I even play a matching game with my daughter. She's really good. I love poker. I like the strategy behind it. I like to watch it on ESPN. I like to watch these guys and know what they have in their hand and know what the other guys have. I'm a numbers guy. And I was thinking the other day, some of these guys, they, they have a pair in their hand. They up the ante a little bit. Some of them are sitting there with two jacks. Some of them are sitting there with two aces. I would not be a good poker player because as soon as I had two aces, everybody at the table would know it by the way I would respond. 
But as a basketball coach, I always tell our guys, we're all in. We, we are not halfway. We're all in. And I think with guys like Matt Thompson, who's here tonight, Luke Kennard, Evan Crow, I got the aces in my pocket. So why wouldn't I be all in? And in our Christian walk, we don't have a pair of jacks. We don't have a pair of queens. We don't have a pair of aces. We got the king. We've got the king. So I want to challenge you. Why don't we take all of our poker chips and put them all in the middle of the table and say we are all in because we got the king with us. I'll close with this. A lot of times when I go places here, and I've just been blessed. I'm just a guy that gets a stand with that basketball team. I'm nothing special. I'm smart enough to realize as a coach, you're only as good as the players around you. I coach a little fifth grade team. I see one of the players here tonight. We're pretty good too. It's nothing to do with me. I got really good players. But lately, wherever I go, people will look at me. I saw some kids the other day doing it. Are you Franklin's coach? Most of the time I get this. Are you Luke Kennard's coach? And I used to think, yeah, I am. My name's Brian Bell, though. But you know what, lately? I'll get questions. Are you Evan Crow's coach? Are you Franklin's coach? Are you Luke Kennard's coach? Yes, I am. That's my guy. Yeah, that's my guy. Luke Kennard's my guy. Matt Thompson's my guy. Evan Crow's my guy. People ask me, you go to Stratford Heights? Yeah. Yeah, Pastor Ray, that's my guy. That's my guy. Gary Turner? That's my guy. That's my guy. I wonder, I'm going to play Pastor Ray here a minute. I wonder if Jesus up in heaven... When Richard walks around, I wonder if somebody's asking him, hey, is, is that your guy? And I wonder how proud Jesus would be when he says, yeah, Richard, that's my guy. Yeah, that's my guy. Pastor Ray, I wonder what Jesus said. Yes, yeah, my guy. That is my guy. So I thank you for having me today. Um, hopefully, like, like me, um, you will strive to be a champion in life and a champion for the Lord. And uh, I know if, if he picked me, if he picked me, uh, he can use anybody. So thank you for having me tonight. I could get the, uh, the band to come back. If you would, why don't you stand with me? We're going to be dismissed in a few moments. Thank you, Brian. Boy, coach, great job tonight. I feel those four keys are things that I can apply to my life. It's going to help me to get out there and, and win the next one and, and keep ahead of the game and really honestly uh, help me to be a champion. I want you to be a champion. I want you to, to understand, you know, somebody like Coach Brian and Jamie Bales, they don't get where they are 
just based on, on playing the game. God talks in his word about championships, about prizes, about races, about games. We're in this life and you've, you've got a prize to win. You've got people that are counting on you, people in your shadow, people that are in your influence. None of us are an island. We sometimes like to isolate ourselves, but none of us are an island. God's got a purpose and a plan for every one of us. The question would be, are you living out your purpose? Are you living out the plan that God has for you? Listen to this scripture. Therefore, I just, I turned the wrong page. There we go. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You see, I believe, as he mentioned, we got the king. We're all in. No one better in our lives to help us get across that finish line and to win the prizes of life. The favor of God, the, the awesome blessings over our lives come in relationship with him. I would ask you, if you would, would you just take just a moment to just right where you're standing, just close your eyes. You know, one of the greatest championships that was ever won was the championship of the cross where Jesus gave his life in sacrifice. Coach said, I'd take a bullet for my kids. That's exactly what Jesus said. He took the nails. He took the crown. He took the beating. He read a scripture talking about, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Another scripture right close by there. In the next chapter says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. This is the greatest championship that was ever won. And we get the privilege of being in the game, being on the team. And I want to challenge you tonight. Are, are you part of that? Have you, have you investigated what God has for your future and for your life? With every head bowed and every eye closed and you're thinking about yourself, your life, where you are, I would just simply ask you, I just want to make invitation. I'm not going to browbeat you. I'm not going to come back to your pew and and pull you, you know, out to the altar, or I'm just gonna simply ask you, do you know the king? Do you know the king for yourself? And are you in the game? If you need to accept Christ into your life, we're gonna pray a prayer right now. I'm, not, I'm gonna ask God to, to bless and touch you and transform you and, and help you to see how important this decision is, the most important decision you will ever make in all of your life. Then I'm gonna ask you if you'll acknowledge him for what he's done for you. 
if you'd say, you know what, Pastor, I, I, want, I want to be all in. And I want to pray a prayer tonight to receive Christ into my life. And I'm unashamed to say I need him. And if you're here, would you just simply lift up your hand right where you're standing and then right back down. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else? Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Hands going up. Awesome. Yeah, come on. Let's celebrate. Let's praise God for those that have, that have want to accept Jesus into their life. He's the ultimate prize. He is the almighty God. And I promise you, you will not, you will not regret having him in your heart and in your life and accept him in as your savior. You won't. I tell you now, churches may fail you. People may fail you. Family may fail you. That's not what this is about. See, at Stratford Heights, we, we don't teach about church and religion. As a matter of fact, we kind of move away from that. We move to something much, much better. We move to a, a savior. We move to relationship with Jesus himself. Because when he came down off that cross, one of the last things he said when he gave up the ghost and died for you and my eye on that cross, he said, it is finished. What was he saying? He was saying, it's finished. I've now made a way. You see, God is not out to condemn you. He's not out to judge you. He doesn't want you to, to perish. What is that? famous scripture at games we'll see a big card in the middle of the stadium and people have it there it says john 3 16 for god if you know it say it with me for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life you are right there those of you that have lifted your hand tonight you are right there I mean, the Bible says, there's a scripture that says, the angels of God stand around the balconies of heaven and they're looking down into the earth and they see that one person has come to Christ and trusted him. And it says they have a party. It says they rejoice. They literally have a hoedown. And we've got three at least that have lifted their hand here tonight and probably more out there. But those three, are you kidding me? There's pandemonium going on. I mean, they're fixing to call in Pizza Hut. I mean, they're bringing it together. They're going to go at it. It's going to be a great night in heaven. It's going to be a great night here. It's going to be a great night for you. I'm going to pray that Jesus give you peace, that he help you to be strong, that you start simple. Just get into that New Testament and just begin to read about the love of God. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It tells almost all the same story, but it tells it from different eyewitnesses read about this Jesus that you're going to receive tonight. Let him change your life. I promise you, you'll never forget this night. You'll never forget what he's done for you. We're going to help you. We're all going to pray together. I love this prayer and it's not, it's not a magic formula. It's not something that will automatically just, if you say it, oops, accidentally, now you're going to heaven. You know, it's a, it's a, from your heart, it's a message to God and a message to heaven that you know who he is. You accept him and you know what he's done for you. And you're making it a public confession. The Bible says if, a, if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that he's the son of God, and you confess it with your mouth that you are a born again believer in Christ and you are part of the family of God. 
And when you know that in your heart and you give it from the heart, then man, it is done and the party begins. So we're fixing to do that right now. And I'd like to join you. I'm going to walk right up to the throne with you. So we're going to pray together. If you didn't lift your hand, you say, oh man, I didn't lift my hand. Does that mean I can't be in on this? Sure you can. You know, I just want to know who I'm praying for. But if you're back there and, and you didn't lift your hand, but you need to pray, would you please trust Jesus tonight? I promise you, when I did it at 18 years old, I sat there in the pew, uh, pew. it was at Hera Arena for a camp meeting. So I was there and as I was sitting in the pew, I was tearing the seat in front of me because I knew, I knew family was praying for me. I knew my mom was praying for me. I knew they, they didn't want me to be lost. I knew they wanted me to know Christ for myself like they had known him. And there I sat wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And it was just this big wrestling match until finally I just got up. And before I could even think about it, I'm marching down to this altar. And I gave my life to Christ. And I went back to my seat. And when I did, I stood there and I was like, I started laughing. And I said, Ray, that's my name. Ray, what was the big deal? You feel light as a feather. You feel like your whole life has just opened up and you're as happy as you can be right now. Why did you wrestle so much with this decision? I was so happy and I've not regretted it one day since then. And that was in 1981. So I have been serving the Lord a long time. You're not gonna regret it either. Let's pray. Everyone help me. Let's help these people come to Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart I accept you as my Savior I need your forgiveness I've lived to myself and went my own way tonight I come to you forgive me accept me into your family I believe you're the Son of God you died on the cross for me you gave your life and you rose again so now I receive you I make you Lord of my life I accept your sacrifice as my own so according to your word I'm as good as anybody else and I'm going to heaven I'm born again I'm saved in Jesus name strengthen me help me every day amen 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 God bless you God bless you that's awesome. We have a booth out in the lobby that's a discipleship book uh, booth for, it's called Crosswalk. They have some information there, a Bible if you need one, just some brochures or just, they won't, you know, browbeat you or talk to you for very long. They just want to make a connection with you and give you some free resources. So if you'd stop by there, please do that and uh, feel welcome. I thank you for coming tonight. This is our second mix is down. How many are happy that we had our guests, Brian and Jamie Bales? I want to say, as pastor, I am so proud of them. I, I'm proud every time I go to a game. I'm proud every time I see him on TV. I'm proud of the guys. Matt, we love you, buddy. Man, you are awesome. I've taken so many pictures of you and posted them. The Matt Thompson. Love you, brother. Evan Crow, who goes to our church, we love him. And Luke Kennard, the champion. We're all going to be watching him for years to come. But we're excited about this team and I'm excited about this coach because he lets us know 
Man, God has a plan for everyone. And that plan, he anoints you wherever you are and he gives you a championship. Amen? Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for being here. One more announcement coming from Richard, our assistant pastor. Amen. Did you have a good time tonight? Awesome, awesome. Two really quick announcements is the first one, the mix, is going to the Reds game June 19th. If you want to be a part of that, please talk to me. We're going to go for the game, stay for the fireworks afterwards, and it's going to be awesome. It's not the Oasis thing. It's another day. June 19th, we want you to be there, be a part of that. It costs us $27. You can talk to me. You can talk to Missy Osborne. We'll get you hooked up with that. You can talk to us tonight. Call us tomorrow, sometime this week, and that'll be wonderful. Also, Huge announcement, huge announcement. This coming Sunday is the first day for the mixed Sunday school class at 9.30. Marty and Angie, who Brian and Jamie want to be like and pretend like they are at their house, they are going to be teaching that, and they are teaching uh, as a study off of the book All In, which you heard mentioned several times tonight. So that's going to be wonderful this Sunday, 9.30, right in 302, right beyond that wall right there, and it's going to be awesome. God bless you all. Have a wonderful time. We'll see you this week. See you next weekend, or we'll see you at the next mix.